the portal obviously being meditation, which is the pathway through to what already exists, enlightenment already exists within us, and meditation is the portal to that inner world. Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day, they built for hours and hours, but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find the way. Because of this, makers become founders and earn the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth. Until tomorrow, no code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of humanity. That's what I'm all about. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz, and from an ethical hacker to a European Ivy League business graduate to a hypnotherapist to a growth marketer, I've lost everything twice. And now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. The No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective, and persistence to go on this journey with me and get from experts the answers about money, marketing, and mindsets so that makers become earners, earners become founders, and founders get freedom and create wealth. I consider this guest a modern-day bodhisattva. His name is Tom Cronin from Vogue magazine, to the Sunday Morning Herald, to the six books he authored, to his documentary, The Portal, from finding your life purpose, to meditation, flow, stillness, and elevated consciousness, Tom Cronin is a true modern life transformer. This interview today will help you ship faster, feel better, live with more peace and purpose. Tom, how are you today? I'm great. It's wonderful to be here and thanks for such a wonderful introduction. You deserve it and much more because to me, the prime directive of being human is really to care for our consciousness and to expand it. What was the experience that brought to light in your life the importance of meditation, of expanding consciousness, of elevating the human experience to that level? Yeah, it's a wonderful question and thank you for that. I was in a very, very dark place and one of the interesting things about when you're in a dark room, the first thing we tend to do when we walk into a dark room is fumble around looking for a light switch. We naturally are inclined to seek light when there's darkness and for me, my life had become very dark. I developed a lot of drug addiction, I was having a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of panic attacks. Um, I was very stressed. I was a broker in finance and had been for 10 years and had got really deep into the culture of the finance industry as a broker in the late 80s, early 90s. And if anyone's seen Wolf of Wall Street, they'll have a deeper understanding about what that was like. That was very much what things were like in my world. And this led me to landing in a very empty, dark place. And it was in this time that uh, I was searching for answers. You know, I was looking for a way out. I wanted to find some way to ease myself out of the pain and suffering that I was in. And I'd obviously seen doctors and was put on 
pharmaceutical drugs and the traditional Western medicine route, but the darkness hadn't been lifted. It wasn't like I'd found some peace and tranquility through seeing a psychiatrist and put on pharmaceutical drugs. And so uh, at that point, the universe had sent me by some synchronized process, uh, a documentary that I ended up watching at home about a property developer. I was into success and money. I was a high-flying broker making lots of money living by the beach and uh, this documentary was about success and this businessman, one of the top businessmen in Australia at the time, and I just really loved this guy and I loved his story, but there was a tiny section in the story about how he meditated and he used meditation to help him be successful and this was in 1996. It was around March 1996 and so meditation was really unheard of in in my community, in my circles. Uh, It was not there was no apps on meditation. There was no meditation in corporates. And so it was very unfamiliar for me. However, during this documentary, they showed this man in a suit who was a very successful businessman, about 55 years old, and he was sitting in a chair meditating. So sitting upright, comfortable in a chair, meditating in a suit. And I, you know, for any thoughts of meditation in my life had always been of a monk, you know, sitting in lotus position. Uh, And so this really intrigued me and it was like a it was like an epiphany a light bulb moment of intrigue curiosity and even a level of excitement I, I remember distinctly seeing him meditating in that room and getting a sense of like uh, this leaning in towards it and wanting to know more wanting to explore what that might be like and I knew that that was something that I needed in my life at that point so that's when I started to inquire about meditation and what I found was phenomenal. It was everything that I'd been searching for in the nightclubs, in the cocaine, in the women, in the money. I was starting to discover in the quietness and the peace of my mind, in in the quietness in my body. And so that was the very starting point of me exploring into stillness and silence and meditation and Eastern philosophy. That's beautiful. And it brings to me two things at least to attention. One is that we're drawn to the next level of our evolution. It's like that hero's journey call to adventure, and sometimes we resist it, but actually the right thing is there, and it's calling us, or what we need needs us to, and it's like attracting us, and there is a another thing that's beyond the physical. It's metaphysical that can direct us towards the path where we need to go forward. And to ask you about this, meditation, two things. One, which I think I love, is that meditation makes your day longer, which means your life is longer. It it extends your life much more. That has been my experience, that one hour of a day to me today, after eight years of meditating, is... Um, feels like a week from before because my mind is not lost in thought and gone like that. As a tool for people who are today maybe hesitant or wondering what is really this practical benefit to meditation in my life, what would you say to them and how would you, in a way, as a, a finance broker, quantify more and more the benefits of meditation? 
Yeah, the meditation can bring us benefits on many levels and I'll succinctly break it down into three levels, physiological, mental and emotional. Of course, there's one more level and that's spiritual, but that's something we can discuss at a later date. Uh, It's a lot more esoteric. Uh, On a physiological level, when the mind starts to quieten down and becomes more still, less active, there's a corresponding result or reaction in the body where it also becomes less stimulated and less active. So what happens when the mind starts to quieten down, the body moves out of the sympathetic nervous system state and into the parasympathetic nervous system state. And parasympathetic means P for peace, the peace response. And the body has this functionality to restore balance, to optimize itself. And it can do this physiologically by um, readjusting the the heartbeat, uh, blood pressure, cholesterol, uh, starts to enable you to, um, you know, reorganize at a cellular level and optimize the body. So this was something that happened to me where uh, through my company we had this ability to um, do these medicals for life insurance and they measured your biological age. And my biological age, that's how old my body was telling me I was as opposed to how old I chronologically was. And at 29, after 10 years in the industry as a broker and living the lifestyle I was living, my biological age was 37. So I was eight years older than I should have been at the age of 29. However, I started meditating at 29. And over the years, by meditating on a regular basis, on a daily basis, my body started to become much younger biologically than it was chronologically. So by the time I was 42, my biological age became 34. So I'd aged 13 years, but reversed my biological age over those 13 years by three years. So um, that's just pure science. And so physiologically, we start to repair and optimize the physiology. On a brain functionality, we start to get much better brain functionality as we open up the frontal cortex of the brain, giving us greater levels of creativity, intuition, and access to wisdom. And so these three things, creativity, intuition, and wisdom, uh, are so critical in us living an optimal life, a life that's full of um, joy and success and uh, insight and um, an ability to sense things more intuitively. And this is a very important part of brain functionality when we're in a deep state of calmness as opposed to being in a stress response state where we're operating from a very primal reptilian part of the brain. And then finally, the most important of all when we meditate is the changes in our biochemistry, and that's our emotions. Emotions are really uh, the biochemical reactions happening from the brain into the bloodstream. And so when we're in a stress response, we have a lot of cortisol, adrenaline, and norepinephrine moving through our body, and we get a decrease in things like melatonin, the biochemical to help us sleep, serotonin, the biochemical to enable us to feel happy, and oxytocin, the biochemical, to enable us to feel love. So when we're having a stress response in the body, then we're going to remove our ability to sleep well, to feel love, and to feel happy. And anyone that might be listening, I'm sure you've had this experience where you might go through a stressful situation or have a stress response due to a situation. There's not a lot of happiness that happens during that time, and that's simply because your body doesn't have the biochemistry Um, moving through the blood that enables you to feel happy. However, when we start to calm the mind and the body, the biochemistry starts to change. We start to sleep better, feel more love in our heart and feel more happiness in our blood. So 
these are critical things that we uh, want to start to, you know, shift in our body and our experience because a lot of people get to depressed states, unhappy states because they're stressed. And then they think if I go shopping, I might feel happy. If I eat a bowl of ice cream, I might feel happy. If I meet someone on Tinder, I might feel happy. And we want to put the horse before the cart and feel happy regardless of the outcome. And that's our, our, our right. That's something that we all have the ability to do. We just have to get the body in a particular state that enables it to feel that. So in short, I would suggest that the key benefits are you'll feel happier, you'll sleep better, you'll have better relationships, um, you'll have better brain functionality, you'll have greater creativity, and you'll just have a, a, a body, a system that operates more efficiently and more effectively to give you optimal health. Beautiful. To me, I would say to entrepreneurs, the ability to be happy regardless of circumstances allows us to take more risks and not worry what people will think or what will happen because whatever the outcome will be, we're not so attached. And that increases effectiveness because, you know, 80% of entrepreneurship may be skill and knowledge and all that, but there is a percentage which is taking enough chances to see things happen in this world. And I find that that moving towards detachment from outcome that comes from meditation to be very, very valuable in that. And do you have stories from your clients or yourself where they shared with you how meditation changed their lives significantly and told you how grateful they were, stories that touched you that you can share today? I have thousands. It's amazing, you know, and I never ask for these stories. People just send me messages all the time, uh, literally thousands of them. And some of them I've kept and there was just so many that a lot of them I, I wasn't able to keep. But, um, you know, just recently uh, I've had a, a student who worked in a radio company who had debilitating chronic anxiety and panic and uh, it was to the point where he was going to have to leave his job and he came and learned to meditate with me and in just a really short period of time, it was, you know, six to 12 months, what had happened was uh, his the anxiety dropped away. He started to feel happier, started to be more successful, more creative with his brain. And not did he uh, not have to leave his job in the end, but he actually ended up getting promoted to quite a senior position at one of the largest radio stations here in Australia and, um, and is a very successful radio producer now and commentator and has been getting some, some quite high-level gigs actually commentating on things like the cricket, which is really awesome to see. But another one which I really wanted to share is this woman that used to come to, I used to do this sort of free group introductory talk and, and, and meditation, and she would come along <clears throat> to these talks and she always looked very depressed. She had a sort of head hang down low and her hair was hanging over her face and she used to wear these big sort of baggy clothes and she was quite a, a, a sort of depressed-looking woman. I could see that her energy was very dark. There was like a cloud hanging over her head. And she used to come to these sessions every week and, and then she would leave quietly. I never got to chat with her. But then one day I was arriving a bit late and uh, normally I was there quite early before the crowd would come, but I was running a bit late and I got in the lift and she got in the lift with me at the same time to go up to the floor that I did these talks. And in the lift, there was this weird silence and I just inquired how she was. And she looked into my eyes 
and I could see her eyes starting to well up with tears. And uh, as the lift doors open, I said, look, let's just sit down by the side before we go into the room. Um, tell me your story. And so she shared with me that she was in an abusive relationship with a man that was using a lot of drugs. Uh, she herself had started using them as well. And uh, she was in a job that she didn't like. She was deeply depressed and suffered extreme anxiety and insomnia and depression and panic attacks. And I suggested, look, you've been coming to these talks for a while. Why, why don't you maybe learn this technique of meditation that I teach and see if, uh, if that might help? And she decided that she would. It was time for her to do that. So she learned the course of meditation. And it was quite remarkable what happened. She uh, found a level of empowerment. She left the relationship. She ended up getting a job at one of the top jewelry companies in Australia as a, an executive as, uh, assistant and became incredibly successful, married a guy, a beautiful man uh, in her local uh, environment and uh, had a child and has a child now. And I see her extremely healthy and happy and successful. And, you know, all of that came from that starting point of shifting her own internal state. And as we shift our internal state, we start to see the external world start to change around us. A lot of people, and we're coded this way, to think if I change my external world, then my internal world will be better. However, it doesn't quite work that way because our external world is an extension and reflection of our internal world. And so we keep going into similar situations or creating similar situations in our external world based upon the non-changing state of our internal world. However, when we change our internal world, which is what happens when we start meditating, our biochemistry changes, our consciousness changes, our vibration that we emit out into the world and what we attract changes. And when we change our internal world, we see a massive difference start to happen when uh, it translates into our external world. That's a beautiful story and more power to her. Mm. And I know I'm aware of your documentary, your new documentary, The Portal. Can you speak about it a bit more, share how it came to be and why and what it is about and where people can find it so that they can watch it? Yeah, you know, I, when I came across this particular style of meditation that I do, but meditation in general, I, I just couldn't believe the world wasn't doing this. I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like everyone's going out drinking and partying and taking drugs, but we're, we're not getting happier. We're shopping all day long. We're not getting happier. But then I came across meditation. I was like, wow, this actually makes people happier. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just couldn't believe that this wasn't something that everyone was doing when I discovered that it was something that had been around for over 6,000 years on the planet and yet still only a handful of people were doing it. And so I felt really passionate about wanting to bring it to the world. So I created what's called the Stillness Project. And the, the Stillness Project had a vision to inspire a billion people to meditate daily because I could see that most of the world's problems came from a lack of consciousness or a coded consciousness that was very faulty. And if we start meditating, then we start to tap into this truth and creativity and we start to evolve and become much more connected and compassionate and loving human, human uh, species. So the film was a medium that I could see would be a great device, I guess, for getting awareness about meditation out to the world. And so we created this film project called The Portal. 
the portal obviously being meditation, which is the pathway through to what already exists. Enlightenment already exists within us and meditation is the portal to that inner world. And so that's what the film's called and there's a book attached to it as well. And we filmed six stories. Uh, One was in a Syrian refugee camp in Jordan, uh, a woman who was a United Nations human rights lawyer who became a meditation and yoga teacher because she saw she could have better impact on people's lives in these refugee camps by teaching them to meditate. Um, we have other stories in uh, from from uh, Montreal in Canada and in the USA, six individual stories that are very diverse that all had crisis and they moved through that crisis by using mindfulness and meditation to get to the other side of the portal, which is finding inner peace, and then that enabled them to transition out of the crisis. So... Um, this was kind of inspired by my journey where I transitioned out of my crisis using meditation. I saw a lot of my students transitioning out of crisis using meditation. So the film was an exciting project that is just about to be released in, in a, a few weeks' time. I'd suggest this first day of February we'll probably be launching it globally through our website um, and people can go to our website called Enter the Portal, www.entertheportal.com. And they'll find the trailer there and, and, and the book and the app and the masterclass. I recommend everyone goes and checks that website and the portal when it's out. Especially to me, I believe the thing that has the most radical impact on my existence and life and perspective is and was and will be meditation. And to ask you, since you've been meditating for way longer than I have, and you live and breathe and value meditation. What insights into the nature of the world and reality and humanity did you glimpse into through your time meditating and going into those deeper places inside that open new understandings and wisdom and access to reality? What a great question. Um, so let me just get the question right. So I want to make sure I answer it properly. So the question is, and just let me know if this is right, that um, what insights have I had into the nature of reality for humanity? Is that right? Yes. Hmm. Well, humanity is at a very interesting junction point, a fork in the road, where we have the opportunity to collectively rise up into a whole new status quo uh, where we start to realize our essential nature, realize our connectivity, open up our consciousness, open up our hearts and realize that there is a a much more profound way of living in the world that by, as a result of meditating, gives us an experience of interconnectivity. It's not a conceptual idea, it's an experience of interconnectivity. And when, when we start to Um, move more into that state of being, into that state of relating, we will start to design systems that are representative of that type of humanity. Uh, Currently, our systems are designed for an individualized win-lose paradigm. Our banking system, our business systems, our farming systems, uh, you know, everything is really built into the I, the ego and the individualization when we start to experience a more cohesive, unified experience that is a result of transcending the individual state and experiencing a more of the field of connectivity, the field of being, we by default start designing and operating in systems that 
that represent that level of interconnectivity. And so we'll start to consider the whole a lot more. We'll start to consider the collective a lot more when we start to build, and this is for all the entrepreneurs out there, start thinking about how does my business support and elevate the whole? When we say the whole, we don't even mean just humans as well. How does it support and elevate the planet as a, as a whole, the animals, the, the, the trees, the water, the air? And this is the way forward for humanity. I think it's a really exciting time. Now, the alternative to that, if we don't do that, if we continue to build systems and operate within a system that is designed on a win-lose model, then we will see not just one losing but everyone losing and that's the possible termination of an entire species. And look, we lose over a 1,000 species a year on the planet because of this particular status quo and there's no reason why that couldn't also be a human species and the way we're going, that's a very high probability. It sounds very dire, unfortunately, but that's where we're at on the planet and we have the ability, we have the technology, we have the consciousness to change things and uh, I see meditation playing a big part in that because when we start expanding our minds, we start operating from that level of interconnectivity, then I see that's going to be a big way forward for humanity to, to start designing systems from that new level of consciousness. It's beautifully said. I think we need that yesterday. Not <laughs> Yesterday, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Absolutely necessary. And I know you do a lot of work with people on helping them find their life purpose. And one of the plights of modern humanity is that people are drifting around following the whatever society tells them should be their purpose. But most feel there is an emptiness inside that can be helped, yes, through meditation, but needs that fire of being on, on your purpose to be ignited so that people can actually move forward with that drive that only comes when the person is on their dharma. So could you please speak about your process and perspective and importance of life purpose, how meditation plays a role in that and how your other work helps and supports this? Yeah, it is a big thing. You know, a lot of people are lost and, you know, we get so affected by the world around us, so coded and influenced by our parents and our peers and our society as a whole that's telling us, you know, get a degree, get a good job, buy a house, get a big mortgage, pay down your mortgage, uh, you know, uh, marry with children. And, and there's this sense of, but I'm doing that, but I don't feel that's enough. You know, there's a lot of people on, in the world these days that have kind of done that. They've ticked those boxes and yet there's still just something eating away at them. One of my clients actually um, was a, a father, married, um, sold his business for $300 million. They bought a villa in, in Italy, uh, interesting where you are right now, and um, he was from Australia and thought he'd arrived at the destination of the pinnacle of human existence. He had more money than he could ever spend. He had the most incredible villa overlooking the Mediterranean. He um, had a beautiful family and wife, and yet he said to me that it was the most darkest, depressed time in his life because he just couldn't see what else there was left to do. I, I, I ticked all the boxes. I'd done everything that society had told me I should do, and yet is this it? Like that that's not enough. And so 
Um, now he does some wonderful things with helping people. And, you know, I think having a sense of purpose in life and even being a father and a husband, and there's lots of purpose in that as well as not to dismiss those roles. Uh, however, I think coming into a deeper, more spiritual experience and then realizing that we have this dharma, this great uh, capacity to do something truly powerful in the world, and it doesn't have to be on a global level. Um, you know, for me, for a while, I worked in a soup kitchen on a Saturday morning while I was a broker. It was the very first step in me wanting to contribute something back into the world. And it was just after I started meditating and I started to realize I had a little bit more to give now. I had a little bit more of excess, that overflow of love, of energy, of capacity to give beyond my immediate environment, which was supporting my wife or my children and my colleagues and my clients. But something a little bit more was spilling over from the cup and I wanted to find a way to provide that to humanity. So I worked in a soup kitchen. That's all I could do. That's all I had left in my tank was to make cups of coffee for the homeless people. But it was so beautiful and I did it for 12 months. But then I felt my cup was overflowing a little bit more and so then I wanted to give a little bit more and find another way to do that. So I started doing some other things and then over time as the cup started to overflow more and more and more, I started to look for or create more containers that I could pour that into and eventually you'll find that as you start to tap into this geyser of infinite love and wisdom and light that starts spilling out of you, that you start to have greater capacity. So what I do with my clients, I work with people one-on-one and, and as a group to help them move into that space of A, tapping into your capacity to offer more, uh, where it doesn't have to be a finite supply that leaves you depleted, it comes from the overflow. But then to create the containers that you want to pour that into, and it could be anything like planting trees, this is what I did for a while. I planted trees all around Sydney. I would buy trees online and get them delivered, little $1 tube stocks, these tiny little sprouted trees. And I'd replant them in my pots at home, in my backyard, and there'll be like 20, 30, 50 pots. And then I would let the tree grow big enough and be a little bit more self-sustaining. And then I'd go into public places and it was a bit naughty, um, but uh, I would go and call what's called guerrilla gardening. And I would plant these trees and look after these trees until they were self-sufficient all around some suburbs in Sydney. And um, I see these huge trees now and these beautiful streets uh, that I'd planted uh, that are all, you know, 10, 15 years on now. Um, and so helping people find ways and create containers and some of them might be retreats, it might be books, it might be a film, it might be an app, it might be a business, it might be a coaching program, it might be a blog, it might be a YouTube channel. I help them create the vessels for them to spill their overflow into that's a little bit more structured and a little bit more formulate uh, so that they can potentially run a business out of it uh, because if we can do that in a business model that allows us to financially sustain ourselves then that's like the kind of the double whammy it's like the big bonus where not only do you get to do something you really love but you actually do it and make money out of it and can feed your family and pay for your rent or your mortgage which is a, an added bonus that's absolutely beautiful i encourage it and it's a great segue to this thought i had right now when I speak with people about meditation, there seems to be two common objections that come up, which I think you're 
you addressed indirectly, but it's better if you clearly say your your opinion on this and where you stand. Some people say, oh, meditators are lazy. If I'm meditating all day, I'm not being active. I don't see how it helps me be active. It's not for active people and proactive people. And other people actually say even worse. They go further. They say it's my pain and my suffering that pushes me into action. And if I'm happy, then I just lay around all day doing nothing. And I know that's not true. But what is your you know, answer to this? Yeah, I, I'll use two quotes, one from Oprah Winfrey, who most people should know by now, and one from a gentleman called Ray Dalio, who was the world's largest hedge fund manager. He runs Blackwater Associates. You can Google him. His business is managing $180 billion worth of assets in a hedge fund or a managed fund. And Oprah firstly says that it is only from that space can you create your best work and your best life. And what she's talking about is that space of pure consciousness, the space of of being, the space of presence, because it's from that space we become more active, more wise, more intuitive, more creative. And what meditation does is it helps us access a field that's much more, I should say, more unlimited than the limitations of our thinking mind. I mean, most of our thoughts are very conditioned and programmed into us. And 85% of our thoughts are repetitions of the day before and the day before and the day before because we get in these recurring loops of recurring known, um, whereas meditation frees us from that limitation and starts to give us greater potential and greater propensity to move forward and do great things. Ray Dalio, he says that the key to his success is his daily meditation. So he puts down the ability to be one of the world's largest hedge fund managers, not to all the study, not to all his degrees, not to all the books he's read, not to all the you know, platforms he's been on, but the fact that he sits and closes his eyes every day and meditates. And uh, I couldn't think of two better examples of that, uh, certainly in my case as well. Uh, you know, uh, in just a few years uh, since I left finance, you know, I've had a, an app developed, I've got a film out of six books published, worked with some of the top companies around the world, run sold out retreats and taught thousands of people how to meditate around the world. So I put all of that down really first and foremost to the fact that I sit in meditation on a daily basis. I increase my brain potential, I, I increase my energy, I increase my ability to interact in the world more successfully and um, I just think I've got a long way to go, but I just think I'm generally a nicer guy. <laughs> it's great. All those. I know. I mean, this is like the secret weapon or the key or the unfair advantage if some people want to think along those lines. But this is such an important practice. It's, it makes you learn faster. It makes you um, get your ideas into a something created in this world better and faster and you flow more and your personality is more fluid in a way that it's more expressive and you see opportunities that people could be too distracted by their monkey mind to even notice. And Tom, when people want to learn more from you, they want to learn your style of meditation, they want to be more involved and maybe even if they fall in love and find a calling in there, can through your work, 
do business and earn money using these new skills they can work on or develop? Where can they find you? What do you offer? What are you coming up with soon? What is available right now? Yeah, thank you for that opportunity. Um, the best place to go would be to either my Instagram or my website, ideally probably my website, which will be tomcronin.com. That's T-O-M-C-R-O-N-I-N, Tom Cronin. And from there, there's a number of different ways that I work with people. Um, on a more intimate level, I work in retreats. So I've got a sold-out retreat in a few weeks and I just had one a couple of weeks ago. I've got one ideally coming up soon in Dubai uh, if, if we can get there with COVID, but that's looking like that might happen around April um, and we'll be announcing that one soon. Um, and we also have Bali and Greece retreats, but they're kind of a bit on hold at the moment potentially. We'll see where we get to this year. Um, I do one-on-one coaching for people that want to work more intimately with me over six months where we get on calls and I help them find their passion, their purpose and get structure to that. And um, then there's group coaching where I have a, a wonderful mastermind group called the Zen Academy for Transformational Leadership where we meet every two weeks on a group call on Zoom and there's uh, some programs in there on conscious leadership and it's really about helping people step into the world as a conscious leader and it's a wonderful group of people in that community. And then um, I do weekend workshops where I help people learn to dive deep in meditation. They can learn that either through my online program, which is a pre-recorded program on my website, or they can learn it with me live but on Zoom. And what I'm teaching there is a a 6,000-year-old meditation technique. Uh, It's these days that has certain names that people call it like Vedic meditation. I call it deep meditation where they go into a deep state of meditation using a mantra. And so that's um, really the, a lot of the, the foundation of what I, I like to do is teach people how to do that using the mantra. It's really good. I recommend to everyone right now, go to tomcronin.com and to sign up for your newsletter and get the course and begin to change their lives. Because when some people hesitate and they think, oh, I'll start next year, or whatever, well, next year will come. Why not be in a better position when that time is here? Because the days and the time will pass anyway. Might as well pass productively with people and teachers like Tom Cronin that will pass to you something that is more valuable than whatever you pay. So I recommend everybody to go there now. And Tom, I bid you farewell (laughs) and i I wish to everyone a great day and really go to tomcronin.com goodbye thank you very much